jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out Oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> What's the problem? Stacy, <laughs> I feel, we're trapped in like a time vortex of some sort. Yeah, I don't, we, I just, it's a, it's a swirl. It's allegedly the year 2020. I guess. It's January. It's a new year. Behold, a new year has dawned. Baby new year. Baby new, baby new year. Um, Kind of Don't, has it going why did you on. Just, yeah, ew, you just... What? I'm not... You just sounded like, check out Baby New I'm Year. I'm not... No, I'm just saying baby, baby New Year has a great aesthetic because he's got the dipe. Yeah. Got the sash, sash. Has the little, like, um... Top hat. A little top hat. You're in that? It's a good look. Okay, well... Don't I know you... Well, I'm not fetishizing Baby New Year. Just a tone, sash and a diaper. That's all your, I'm saying. Your tone and inflection implied... That baby New Year was making you horny. Oh, baby New Year. <laughs> no. Oh, baby. No. <laughs> so listen, it's a new year. For you, it's a new year. For us, it's not yet. For me? Right, for us. For us? We're... For them, listeners. For them. For, for they're in the future. For you people. <laughs> Look. We're tired. We're so tired. <laughs> we're also, we're so like, we're, full disclosure, yes, it's January. Yes, we're back from our our month-long break, which, like, oh, fuck you. We deserved it. It was amazing. It was amazing. And it still is amazing, because, spoiler alert, we're still recording this right after our live show. Yeah. Right after Friday the 13th weekend. Yeah. Um, so it's weird enough that we're doing this right now in the same room of Stately Gaylord's Manor, which we never do. Everyone knows we have the circle of salt that that like wards off our two wings of the manor. We never cross the line. Right, exactly. Well, you know, a room of one's own. A yes. wing of one's own. A wing of one's own. Like Virginia Woolf wrote before she put eyeworms in her pockets and then drowned herself <laughs> on an airplane. Yeah. So, but now we've been forced into the same recording booth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because I decided to cross the line. You crossed the line. Figuring out our riders yeah. was kind of... It's been tough. You only would do blue M&Ms. I'd only do red <laughs> M&Ms. I do the green ones because... Because she's sensual. She's hot. She's hot. Yeah. She if is. You could, if you could be attracted to Baby New Year, <laughs> then I could be attracted to... <laughs> the, the I'm sorry. Is candy. I'm sorry for... Uh, I'm sorry for my green M&M erasure. <laughs> I apologize. I'm calling myself in. You know why I like the green M&M? Because she really queers up confections. She does. She does. And the only other one to do that is um, Mary Berry from Great British Baking Show. (laughs) She, listen, she queers up confections. Yeah, it's definitely the elderly straight woman and not the actual, like, butch lesbian they have (laughs) hosting that show. It's not super because it's Mary Berry who really clears up. <laughs> I've seen her.
her smack yeah, those wow. lips no, in between just, bites. <clears throat> lesbian erasure. That's fine. It is. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So it's been it, happening. It's all. We're, we're used to it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Go back to your hallway. Look, it's, you know, it's been a little while since we recorded an episode, and now we're in the same room, and so that's weird, and so just forgive us, future people. People of the future. Pe- you yeah. enlightened people of 2020. Yeah. When you listen to this, just say to yourself, it was a different time. Yeah. We are the ghosts of Christmas past. Yeah. We I- Stacy. <laughs> Stacy, I got my bells. I've seen the bell. Marley. Oh, oh. Marley. Adrian King and Amy Steele wish you tidings. <laughs> what? Of, st- of, they bring you almonds. I don't know. <laughs> it's the bells. They distract. We don't yeah. have props on the show usually. We don't so. do it. Yeah, carrot top. Put it away. <laughs> Thank you for seeing me. <laughs> So this live show happened. Oh my god! We got Suspiria tattoos. Yeah, I'm looking we, at them right and, now. And the, your friendly neighbor. Well, friendly is a stretch. Your neighborhood gaylords. <laughs> Friendly's asking a, a <laughs> yeah, lot. Yeah, we got matching Suspiria tattoos during this trip. This is the thing. I was going from one Portland to the other Portland. The other white Portland. The other white Portland uh, for a few days, and so we're like, let's do a lot of things. Yeah. But and also nothing. That's all we have done. That's all we've done. We have sat on a couch when we weren't working our ass off. Yeah. All day, every single day. Like, no sleep. And so we decided this was the time. Let's get matching Suspiria tattoos. And you, yes. if you haven't seen the pictures that are on our Facebook yes. and all of our others. Our Instagrams, our Twitters, our, our, Twitters. our um, dudesnudes.com. Yeah. <laughs> Milfs, I'm... Milf, 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 milf toast. Milf toast. Uh, anyway, yeah, we got them. And <laughs> um, that's the thing. Like, you might not believe it if you haven't seen the pictures, but it's true. I can't believe it, and I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's so, in like a sexy medical feedback, like adhesive fake skin film right now. Yeah, it's amazing. And if you are in Portland, Oregon, and you say to yourself, "I would like a tattoo." Mm-hmm. then you need to go to Katie at Wonderland Tattoo in Portland, yes. Oregon, because she did us right. Yes. You can find her on, on socials at, at Bisbee Tattoo on Instagram, I believe. It's B-I-S-B-Y. Katie is fucking amazing. She's a queen. She's a boss. She's a horror queen. Yeah, um, does amazing so, horror tattoos. Yeah, especially if you want a horror tattoo and you're in the area, hit her the fuck up. Especially if you want a chopping mall one, because homegirl really wants to do she chopping really mall tattoos. She loves chopping mall because she's got good taste. Yeah, exactly. So, so there you go. So that so was a that. thing we did. That Among many things. You, yeah. you did queer horror. You you were the severed head of Mrs. Voorhees. I was. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Your costume was a table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my lines were gurgles. It was uh, it was fitting. It was good. You talked about Angeloid Weber's cats. Yeah. In gurgles. In gurgles. It was great. And then, oh, I mean, talking about looking at this tattoo and not believing it. Yeah. So we did our first live show. We did our first live show. And like we've said many times, it was the first Gaylord's live show. It was also not just that, but it was a Friday the 13th show. Yeah. It was Friday the 13th part one and two yeah. on 35 millimeter. Yeah. And it was Friday the 13th part one and two on 35 millimeter on Friday the 13th with the stars of Friday the 13th part one and two, Adrian King and Amy Steele. I I know that ever since we, we started talking about doing this. Like in months May. Months and months and months ago. Yeah. That I said to myself, 
what if it actually happens? I can't believe we're even talking about this. Is this possible? Is this possible? And now that it has happened, I still don't believe it. And I feel that what happened is there were eye worms on the plane. Yeah. There were eye worms, but they didn't get me. The eye worms got the pilot and the pilot couldn't see because there were worms in the way <laughs> and the plane crashed. And this all this whole live show experience with those two fucking queens is my Carnival of Souls-esque ending as I shuffle oh. off into the afterlife. It's the only explanation. Because it couldn't have happened. It was so fucking magic. Oh my god. It was, I mean, we posted on social media about like how, like you were saying, you know, just earlier, like how it, it was so beyond your expectations. It yeah. feels like a dream. That's all I've been able to say to anybody is like, it felt like a fucking dream. Yeah. It still does. Like we keep looking at the photos of them just to prove that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Adrian and Amy are the coolest queens on this oh earth. Oh my god. We... Listen, y'all, not to make you jealous, but I mean, we spent 24 hours with these angels. Yeah. And none of us slept, and it was amazing. So nice, so warm, so, this is important. Real. <clears throat> so real. They were just willing to, like, roll with our bullshit. Because we didn't, even though we worship at their altars every day, it's yeah. like, we're still gay lords. <laughs> yeah. And so we were like, this is how a gay lords thing goes. Yeah, and it was beautiful being like, okay, you know, there's a live show. This isn't a live show moderated by, this isn't a screening moderated by Gay Lords of Darkness. Like, it's right. a full-on Gay Lords of Darkness live experience. Yeah, yeah. That said, we didn't have moo-moos. No moo-moos. We had no hover-rounds. No. Um, but that was just because, you know, we were tired. We were tired. We couldn't also add that We on. had other things to think about. Like these queens. Like these queens. So watching them just go fully commit and just do this with us. I saw oh. things that I cannot, and like, even now I'm like, you said that to them, Stacey. When you hear this audio, dear listeners, you will understand <laughs> to the extent <laughs> to which this truly is a Gaylord's live show. <laughs> we were talking, every kind of bodily fluid came up in conversation. Yeah, we hit all of our hallmarks. <laughs> all of them come through. And... Before we started this live show, we went out to the wine bar across the street of the Hollywood Theater. We hung out. They got Chardonnay. We got some beers. They, like, immediately started drinking our beers. <laughs> like, they're like, let's try. Can we try that? Can we try that? And we're like, um, please. Yeah, please Spit in us. it. Spit in it, please. And, like, from that moment on, we knew it was going to go great. Yeah. Immediately at ease with like, them. instantly hit it off. Yeah. We're talking about Adrian's days going to the discos. Yeah, tripping, <laughs> tripping, like, you know. My God. Yeah. So good. It's like from right from that moment. Yeah. And then we crossed the street. Oh, my God. We went into the theater. Our, our wonderful at Rowan Woodcock. Everyone knows we've talked up Rowan Woodcock, who made the beautiful animation of our intro like theme that you just heard at the beginning of this podcast. And Rowan animated that, and Rowan came to and got to see it, and we got to sit with Rowan as, like, you know, it starts up, and you see our cartoons up on the screen, oh the whole intro. The audience is, like, like, cheering and having a blast. And then we went up. We went up. And then this happened. Oh my god. Hi. Oh my god, Stacy. Stacy, are we are we really here? Are we dead? Stacy's not here, Mrs. Torrance. Stacy's not here anymore. No. 
Because we just had drinks with a fucking Adrian King and Amy Steele. And we died. We have died. Gaylords of Darkness is canceled canceled? now because we've passed away. Yeah. So the whole Q&A from our end is just going to be... We'll we'll both be the severed head of Mrs. Voorhees. Just full on... Yeah, yeah. So it's up to you all to like do the rest of the work, right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank for that, you. By the way. Thank you very much. This is our first ever live show. Our first ever live show. Stacy flew in from the other Portland, the wrong Portland. Yeah. The shitty Portland. Por- yeah. Someone started a clap and then immediately was like, "Oh, never mind." Yeah. <laughs> Wrong location. Yeah. You were up like 72 hours. Yeah. So I've been dead for like three days now, honestly. Don't get too close. Stink lines. As we were having drinks with Adrian and Amy, (laughs) you know. You know. (laughs) Whatever. Because we were just like doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found myself wondering like truly like, like, because I read too much Philip K. Because I drink a lot of weed juice, you know. And then I... (laughs) And then I think, like, okay, am I actually trapped? Is this, like, my Philip K. Dick dying hallucination? Like, am I, oh, in, yeah. am I in gay conversion therapy right now? And my we consciousness yeah. is just trying to accept and make up this yeah. reality where we're hanging out with Adrian King and Amy Steele? Yeah, we have electrodes everywhere just it's, constantly zapping It's us. just full buzzing and Nurse Ratched's, like... Yeah. And I'm just like, like that. Yeah. Oh, you went full Shivo. Yeah. <laughs> it took a minute, yeah. but you went along for the yeah. ride. Stacy, imagine this. Picture this. I was yeah. thinking merch, right? Because we, we, we are Gaylords of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. How many, uh, how many of you like, listen to our show or know what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Amazing. Thanks. The rest so of weird. you, I apologize. We'll get out of here soon, but, but relax, right? Like, this is a long night. Uh, we've got some queens in the wings waiting, some amazing movies. Some amazing movies on 35 millimeter. 35 millimeter. Not just Friday the 13th part one, but the other one too. Yeah. (laughs) The sequel, Friday the 13th part two. The next one. Yeah, the other one. Um, Two amazing movies. But should we tell them who, I mean. I mean, okay. So Gaylords of Darkness, we are a queer horror podcast. There's yeah. like there's like four of them and I mean just listen to ours. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you Wednesdays, so much. Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Every Wednesday, whenever the clock strikes, what's the number? Six sixty-six. Which is a real time. Duh. If your clock doesn't have that, it's broken. Throw it out. Buy a new one. You can catch our podcast wherever podcasts are conjured. Yeah, on the computer. Like an online computer plugged into the internet. Yeah, the internet. Make sure it's on the internet. Yeah, put on your internet fingers. Dial up the internet. We'll get nude first. Well, yeah. Get nude. Put on your internet fingers. That's just for all the people. That's a reference for the people who have seen .com for murder. Has anyone seen .com for murder? It's legit the worst movie ever made. And there there are two deep stands of it right here. Nastasia Kinski versus a Goethe quoting internet freak. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. He put, but he yeah. puts on special light up fingers to use his computer. They are called do. internet fingers, yeah, Stacy. Internet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. 
So I'm anyway. going to initiate an accountability practice. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> I still can't believe this is happening. I'm I can't shook. believe this is happening, and I also can't believe that we fucking blew this opportunity to come out here dressed as the Shining Twins. Originally, we discussed, like, our styling, because when anybody comes to a, 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 sh- a double bill of Friday the 13th, 1 and 2, you're like, well, I hope the hosts are considering their cosplay outfits, right? <laughs> so we talked about coming as the Shining Twins, yeah. or also, like, dressing as Helena Marcos from the Suspiria. Yeah, yeah. Both of us. I will be the sunglasses, and you yeah. can be the blob. I'll be the blob and the baby arms. But we're both on, like, hover rounds? For sure. Or we could be Helena Marcos in Shining Twins drag in tricycles. What? Doctor Sleep is popular right now. It's like Shining is happening again. Yeah. It's a renaissance. Don't shoot down my dreams. I don't know. So this is really weird for us, if you haven't been able to pick up on that. Um, Because this is the first time that we've done this show looking at each other, which is really strange. Because I'm, as you said, from the shitty Portland um, so usually we do it online on the computer, uh, and and like while Anthony's talking, you know, he can't see me, so I can like read a book or catch up on my stories or whatever. Literally, the only time I sleep is whenever Stacy speaks. Yeah, as long as I just go, oh, good point. Yes, agency, agent, women's agency. Yeah. As long agency, as I say that every once queens, in a while, he, don't, he has no empowerment. idea. Empowerment. Yeah. Annabelle. Yeah, Annabelle. We did actually, we decided for our costumes for tonight that we did want to reference our two of our queens. So Stacey has her Deborah Hill production show. Deborah shirt. fucking Hill. Yeah. Yeah. And of yeah. course. Because <laughs> everyone knows Deborah Hill was a cocaine demon. Yeah. <laughs> That's our way of paying tribute to a formative, yeah. ignored woman filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm wearing my brand new Annabelle Missandrist Icon t-shirt. Yeah. Designed by Destiny, a wonderful, wonderful uh, member or part of the Hollywood theater here. Thank you, Destiny, for worshiping Annabelle. The movies are terrible. We just like her because she sits in a rocking chair and doesn't do shit. Yeah. (laughs) Which is our dream. She doesn't do anything, and yet everyone is completely obsessed with her. Can't stop talking about her and telling her how beautiful she is, even though she's fucking hideous. Put the doll on the shelf with the other dolls. She fits right in. Yeah. As like all the, the Care Bears are dwarfed and terrified by this, yeah. <laughs> this horrible yeah. monster. So she's a hero. She's a hero. She's, she's a, a queen. Hero, uh, destroying the heteronormative paradigm. As we want to do. Yeah. Which is why we do this show. Which is why we do this show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so what better way to celebrate our first live episode? And our first time hanging out, like our first time in hanging person. out, making, and it's making me really aware that I have this extraneous hand that I don't know what to do with. Yeah, usually I just put them in my front basement when we yeah. record. Oh yeah, yeah. The hand is usually occupied while yeah, we're recording. Yeah, it is. Um, but now I'm just, like, I'm not gonna. Sorry, no show like that tonight. Yeah, that, uh, the Beverly D'Angelo and the Sentinel was last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. if you tip us. <laughs> I'll bet who knows? I mean, by the time intermission rolls around, who yeah. knows where we'll be. But anyway, yeah, so we're going to uh, show the first movie, have a Q&A. Yeah, we're going to have a conversation. Queens. A conversation, excuse It's not going to be a Q&A, Stacey. Yeah. It's going to be 
a conversation. A session. It's like inside the actor's studio, but where we're both fingering ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's gonna be perfect. So one movie, then the, the fingering session. Yes. Then the second movie, and then they'll sign shit for you guys. If you have, think of some good questions, because you'll be able exactly. to ask them. Yeah. And no shitty questions. Like, if anyone's going to ask shitty questions tonight, it's going to be us. Yeah, leave that to us. That's so, our job. Okay, you do the rest of the work. Yeah. Right, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. So, Thanks. I don't know. Should we, we should stop talking. We should probably. Because they don't, these people do not. We're, like, we're the least interesting and important thing about our own live show. At our very first Which live is show, the, we are, perfect we are like us. the footnote of our own first yeah, live show. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So that's why we invited two formative queens. You know, we love queens on Gay Lords of Darkness. And these are two fucking formative oh queens. Yeah. Are they not? We not only have the first final girl of all Friday the 13th films, right? We also have, we have, we have the second, the second one. final girl okay. of all Friday the 13th films. Yeah. Arguably, I mean, these are two of the best final girls out there. Right? We love a final girl. Stacy has been running a blog called finalgirl.rocks for years where I got an education. <laughs> yes, thank you. Well, thank you. They're new. They have their internet fingers on. Yeah. <laughs> They're hacking into the system. So with that said. With that said, like, let's shut up. Can you all stand up and welcome two fierce formative queens? Stand up for the Everybody, audience. please welcome this stage the stars of Friday the 13th, one and two. Adrian King and Amy Steele. Oh my God! Oh. Look! Woo. Oh my God! I need to get some of this on audio. I can't believe this is not a dream state. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh wow, you just all got wow, lazy just and decided sit to sit okay, down. Okay, that's cool. Well, show's over. Good night, everyone. I guess the standing ovation is over. Whatever. Okay, so we're going to yeah. go into Friday the 13th, part one. Yes. But let's ask our queens is there any, like, you know, we are gathered here on the last Friday the 13th of the year, right? Yeah. I mean, that decade. is also the day it is. Of the de decade. Yeah. I don't follow your Gregorian calendar, so how dare you? <laughs> I'm an anti-vaxxer and the earth is flat. Thank you very much. Please never quote me on that. Um, can you set up for us? Like, can you give us a Friday the 13th blessing? Like, yes, how, bless how would you set up this film for us to watch it on the eve of its like 40th anniversary almost, right? Because next year. I think so. Next year's a I big year. I'm a girl, I don't do math. Oh yeah, and you use the lady bit pins. <laughs> Yeah. The smaller pins? Yeah. yeah. I wait for my husband to tell me what the numbers are. The count? Yeah. Yeah, this would completely 86 you from the final girl. I know, I know. I told her she's doomed. You have to do math. I'm an imposter. You have what to do all the way up to your tens. Oh, well, a Friday blessing to you all. A Friday the 13th blessing to all of us happy campers. I can't believe we're all here in Portland. Oh my God, is this fabulous. 
And, and the first two final girls happen to be Oregonians. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no messing around there, huh? No, Amy came to visit me uh, once, and I think it was six months later you were here, right? I was. Yeah. So I went to go for a little visit, trying to escape California, and thank God I did. <laughs> we all know that feeling, don't we? Oh, my God. And what a blessing to be here. Yeah. I just couldn't believe when we drove up and saw the marquee. I went, finally, I'm retired. I got my bookend. <laughs> My first, my first marquee was, and my first and only marquee was when the movie came out in 1980 on my little Pine Hollow Theater in Oyster Bay, Long Island. It said, Friday the 13th, starring Adrian King. And I, I have a picture of it. I was like so proud. And it's like, okay, now I can go home. <laughs> I'm done. We're good. Oh, my God. What a blessing to be here with each and every one of you, though. It's so special. Like, it's, the energy is just radiating. Yeah. Usually I get up here and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah! I mean, it is truly amazing. I mean, as far as a blessing goes, it's just like all I can say is. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say when you're tongue tied? It's so true. Yeah. Or then Thank he's you still all there. For coming out. Oh my God, have so much fun. Just enjoy. He will always be there. But we were here first. So there you go. Thank you to Queens for Thank being here. You. We will talk to you right after this first film. Everyone stick around. Turn off your phones. Yeah, come on. Silence them if you're too lazy to turn them off. Internet fingers off. Internet Thank fingers you. all off. Dim your Apple Watch. Throw away your obelisk. People still use those? Firefox, whatever. All of it. Alta All Vista. Of it. Done. Get rid of it. Yeah. And please, everyone, enjoy Friday the 13th, 1980, here on 35mm at the Historic Hollywood Theater. So that was our intro. That was the intro. Uh, it was a little weird. I felt I felt weird. I felt weird because you know it wasn't entire. Like I don't know right now how much audience people can hear, but it was like you know how many people here listen to Gay Lords. It wasn't everybody. It was a lot of people it were was, cheering back. Okay, I didn't hear that. I, I have told was, you time and again the acoustics in that space are fucking weird. Yeah. But, but a lot a of people. Fugue, I was in a fugue state, a walking coma, if you will. We had also been drinking. We'd also had a drink. <laughs> um, and so I didn't know. And I didn't, like, hear people applaud. And I was like, oh, God, they don't care about us. They just want Amy and Emily because Amy and Emily. Who yeah, the fuck want, are you? They want the Indigo Girls. <laughs> Amy and Emily are the Indigo Girls. <laughs> Amy and Adrian. <laughs> okay. Next live show. <laughs> Oh, shit. I apologize to all four of you women. Um, um, yeah, I was like, they don't care about us. They just want these ladies in these movies. And what happened was I, my eyeballs focused in on a horror bro in the front row, just not looking entertained at all. Which, I mean, is valid, I guess. Um, and so I was like, oh, God, this is a disaster. Um I don't know, but then. Uh, but then, it, but then we started the movie, went out into concessions, yeah, and then or into the lobby, and then like 
every single person that could come out and spoke to us spoke to us. Yes. And saying, like, listen, Portland, Portland Gaylords fans and people that came from San Francisco, that came from fucking Canada, that came, uh, that, that drove their families up from, like, Ashland, which is Southern Oregon. It's five hours away. Like, drove their family up <clears throat> for five hours and stayed until the end of the night. Oh, at, my like, God. Literally, we ended at, like, one in the morning. Yeah. And then drove their family back. Yeah. Like, people came from all over and were checking in with us and just telling us how much they love the show and how much they love this and how they couldn't believe it felt like Gaylords happening on stage. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. And, like, um, yeah, Southern Dad. Southern Accent Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, people who had never heard us before were coming up and saying, like, oh, that was really great, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. And I needed that because I was having, like, you know, the little, like, oh, God. Mirror Stacy was mirror, coming out. Mirror Lacey Blonder. Lacey Blonder was riding in with yeah. her goddamn opinions. Yeah. But literally, and then I think we also had nerves because the conversation was coming up. Right. Like, because we showed the first movie. All this was happening as the first movie was playing. Yes. And the first movie, like, the film would break. And, which I love about film. Yeah. It was like, 35 millimeter. And that's kind of one of the amazing things about film is, like, you are just in it for the experience. Anything can happen. Yes. If Especially with these old prints. But that's like part of the joy is like these old prints have been seen by how many people throughout right. like decades. Yeah. It's traveled all over the country. It's yeah. snap, crackle, and popping. Yeah. It's the same piece of celluloid. It just has lo- light shown through it. And we've all been staring at that same light being shown through it. And it's just yes. like, or yeah. not that same light, but that same image cast by it. And it's like, that's special. So it was like, it was actually really cool. And also it was fun to be like, okay, you guys. It is also Friday the 13th, so things are going to fuck up. Right, things are going to fuck up. But I think, if anything, it actually, like, that kind of grindhouse experience of watching it enhanced it for everybody. Yeah. And people hooting and hollering at all the right times. Ugh, that Mrs. Voorhees oh and Alice fight. Oh in the theater. People like, were going crazy. People were fucking screaming. <laughs> yeah. When Betsy Palmer comes on screen, like, people were cheering. Yeah. Um. Oh, my God, Betsy. I feel like Betsy's, like... I could, she like, was there. I could feel her presence, yeah, right? Yeah, she was there. Like, yeah. just the love and the way Adrian would talk about her, which you'll hear in the Q&A coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It was, we were blessed by the presence of Mrs. Voorhees. Oh, absolutely. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, it, I think we just, like, also, like, got in our heads because that conversation was coming up. And we're like, how are we going to make this Gaylords? Yeah. And will they go along with it? And will the audience be there for it? And Stacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it could have gone better. It couldn't have gone better. There are revelations in this conversation. Yeah, you'll there hear are. some you'll hear some audience questions, but most of it is just a conversation between us and the ladies, our queens. Yeah. Um and my god, we address so many things and Stacy really really <laughs> knocks it out of the park <laughs> with some with some big DE <laughs> topics. <laughs> Oh my god, like life changing. Like we, I mean, if you're wondering, are the Gaylords going to cover the very big dyke energy of Ginny Fields? Yeah. Listen. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's gonna happen. I, I just, it came out of my mouth before I could stop it. That's, you know. I... <laughs> wow, I didn't oh, need to get graphic about it, well, but. I guess that said. I'm. Yeah, listen. Should we have our our little uh, our little monkey that stitches together all of our audio roll it? Yeah, all roll right. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Ooh. 
Welcome back to Gaylords Live with our Friday the 13th Final Girls. Oh, could we get some mic, mic volume up? Testing. Oh, that's me. Hello. Stacy, test, test, test. Test, 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 test. Oh, there I am. Hi. Hello. Oh, yes, I am. Hello. Hello, We made it. We made it through the first one. Yeah. Wow. I have not seen that movie in a long time, and I have never been so excited to see that movie. I mean, wow. This was, and sitting next to my final girl here, it was kind of a fun thing to watch with you guys, I got to tell you. It still holds up. I mean, it's a little campy, but... But it still holds up. And that's the joy, too, of, like, watching this, like, with an audience when oh, we're yeah. all together. Horror movies yeah. are so much better when you're with a bunch of people instead of streaming it alone so in your pajamas. On your phone. On your phone. Yeah, I watch movies on my phone with my head cocked at a certain angle, yeah. just crying alone in my room. Fucking millennials. Yeah, yeah. I do want to address really quick the severed head in the room of... The joy of film prints. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to tell you all that we were watching this on a Betamax I found in my um, room. <laughs> Taunted. <laughs> but really, the, like, I do think that's kind of, because, you know, we specialize in film here at the Hollywood Theater, and it's a joy of watching a film print, is this is analog, like, art that has survived the test of time. You have watched this print. This print has been seen by how many people yeah. throughout the ages? That light has shown through. It's true. So it's, think about that, that's special. <laughs> 40 oh God, years this worth, this place! Huh? Wasn't she wonderful? This beautiful place. Oh, I miss our Betsy. But I bet you she's with us right now. She, she yes, is. Hiya, yes. Bets! <laughs> oh, she was so wonderful. That film never would have seen the light of day without Bessie Palmer in it. I just can't imagine it being the same, you know. Who would ever believe that she really would have done that for her son, but she, you believe her. <laughs> you totally believe her. And Mrs. Voorhees, correct me if I'm wrong, like she had clearly been doing a lot of cardio. Oh my God. <laughs> she had her knife on her belt? That is oh, she was ready to go. That is so, she stopped at Home Depot before she went to Crystal Lake, you know? You know what I'm saying? She absolutely did. Yeah. <laughs> But, it, I mean, it was revolutionary at the time to have the female villain. It was totally unexpected. Definitely. Um, nowadays, women can do anything. They can murder people if they want to. It's only taken 40 years. Yeah, yeah. Just that long. That's Just that all. long. Just that and long. And we're still kicking and fighting, aren't we, Amy? <laughs> yeah, we are. And we have to. Never we say die. Hesitate. Yeah. But it's, it's like... In 2019, or whatever year this is, it's like you forget how revolutionary this film is. Like, it's, yeah, it's campy and it's fun and we're laughing at things, but for horror, I mean, this was, revo like, it's revolutionary. That it, you had Halloween, you had all the slasher films of, like, the mid to late 70s, and then Friday the 13th comes along with the explicit violence, with the effects from Tom Savini, um, yeah, right? And then... You Music, have, Harry Manfredini. Harry... Bum, bum. That, bum, was, bum, that, I bum, think bum, that bum, was bum. a huge part yeah. of it all. He lulls you to uh, that false sense of security in the final scene. You all think you can put on your yeah. coats and go home and then... <laughs> yeah. And then Jason pops up. I mean, I mean, just, you know, iconic. I mean, all right. 
I just have to take a time out that like you guys are like I don't know that you realize it like I know you go to conventions and I'm sure people come up to you all the time and tell you how amazing you are but it's like you're both genre icons like seriously both of these characters truly truly yeah. when did that happen <laughs> I don't know when that happened but it's sure of it when I'm sitting here now and it's just it's a, well what amazing. is what is it like to sort of be defined in a way, at least in the public eye, by this movie you made when you were like, what, 20 or something? You know, you did it probably on a lark and it was fun. And oh, no. Oh, no, I did not do it on a lark. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Oh, no, I auditioned for that thing with every other actor in New York City at the time between the ages of 16 and 29. And it was the longest summer in 1979. It was open calls and everybody was there. And I was number 333 probably out of, you know, 900 on one day. And I had three callbacks. And then we, uh, they partnered us up with different guys. And um, that the, uh, the scene where she talks about her shower scene uh, with Kevin Bacon, Marcy, uh, that was the audition that every, uh, all the girls had to do, that, that one little monologue about, I saw the blood in little rivers running, and I call it my shower train. Yes, so we didn't know what we were auditioning for, really, and, and we were just either female or male. <laughs> Got that right. And then uh, it, it took a, a good chunk of time, and I finally got to the screen test. They had four of us come back to screen test. And then I got a phone call later that afternoon from Sean, and he said, you're my Alice. What was the scene that you screen tested? Um, actually, the scene was... A, a combination of, of different things that Alice did because as you'll notice, she has one-liners. She doesn't really have a monologue anywhere. And her one-liners are rather short. So, uh, <laughs> you know, be besides, then he's still there. And what about the boy? You know, we can, it's hard <laughs> to do an Alice and a line. Barista. You didn't have to practice. I didn't have to practice making coffee very long, you could tell. <laughs> My coffee making skills are much better now. And I was Portland understands that. Oh yes, oh yes, I know. Um, I've made up for a lot in 40 years. And I make a great cup of coffee now. <laughs> no instant in my house. Um, and let's see, uh, it was just a crazy, crazy thing that he had me doing all this improv all of this improv, and he'll go, okay, now you see so-and-so, they're dead, and do, react to that, and, you know, and then you see so-and-so dead, react to that, and now, all right, somebody fell in front of you, get on the floor, <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, now scream, <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of insanity, really, is what it was, but um, needless to say, I'm really good at insanity. <laughs> <laughs> And I survived, and I made it to the end of part one. You We're not going to talk about part two. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's she made right. it to into part two, too. Part, yes, post-traumatic stress dream, my story, I'm sticking to it. Let me ask you, as a, a certified therapist and psychologist, would she be having a after child that, psychotherapist? Child psychotherapist. Would Alice have had severe post-traumatic stress after that? 
definitely so severe that she probably needed two milligrams of Valium in her butt. Yes. <laughs> A whole two milligrams. I've been doing that anyway, and I don't even oh, go yeah, to the yeah. doctor. That's, I mean, yeah, like, I think, you know, I, we think about, like, Halloween and Laurie Strode, and a lot of people think of Laurie Strode as, like, the survivor, and, like, in Halloween, the original, I mean, now in the new movies, like, since H2O plus H2 4.0 plus the other one, like, you know, she fights back and she rolls in slow motion when Michael isn't looking, but, like, really, it's the, fi the Friday final girls are the, really the first ones that are, like, taking charge and fighting, I feel like. Yeah, it's, right? it's especially Ginny. Um, oh, Ginny had a stunt double. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now, spoiler alert. Because, spoiler alert. Because we haven't started part two yet. But if you're here and you haven't seen part two, like, the exits are right there. Yeah, I mean, just wait outside. I if mean, you leave, honestly, <laughs> then you'll deal I have with a machete and a pitchfork ready to go. <laughs> and I have I a ball of twine. I will find you at the door. Yeah. But both of them, I mean, Alice, and, and, and I think also really especially, I think a lot of horror fans really, um, and like I think queer horror fans really like dial into Jenny because she just like gets it done. Jenny gets it done, and she's really unique in, first of all, that she has sex, which is, I don't know if you remember that part, but she, you know, that, that really honestly sort of, was outside of what had become the final girl paradigm by that point. Do you Is mean that the Alice girl? didn't have sex? Well, memorable sex. Oh, memorable sex. Memorable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, and also Ginny draws from her outside life to you know, overcome the killer and save herself, which was really unique. Yeah. She draws on all of her tools. She does. She really does. Yeah. <laughs> she digs deep. <laughs> she digs deep. Puts on that sweater. Even when she's at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> she she's can got even, some theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just multitasking all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to look. This is Gaylords of Darkness, you know, and I'm not going to lie to you, Amy Steele. Uh, Ginny Field has some serious big lesbian energy. <laughs> She Not does. Big like she just does. Big lesbian. You know, yeah. she just does. Like she, she gets it done. Damn. She no has a, a Home Depot card ready to go. Has the Home Depot card. Is willing to put on that sweater. Like she's, do whatever it takes. She's rented a U-Haul at least once or twice. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> that was just Stacy's observation. Nice, yeah, that was just that was just right. you know. But, but, but you know, I think, like, the queer audience tends to identify with the final girls um, and with the monsters sometimes. But it's not, it's not like, yeah, Jason, get him. We're like, did you see that fucking queen? Like, Sandy the Waitress in Friday the 13th Part 1. Right? Great casting, right? Is a hero. Like, that's who I want to talk about. Like, I don't... Great, fine. What was Jason like? Whatever. Excuse me, what was Muffin like? Like, that's what I want to know. Tell me about Muffin. Tell me about Muffin. Soft. Yeah. Warm. <laughs> but I guess with, like, with both of you, like, I mean, because these characters really, like, are taking charge and are not just, like, reacting to their environments, but they're really, like, driving their narrative, which I think is what really we are so drawn to about them and why they, why they are so uh, formative. And even in like part three, like Chris Higgins, amazing. Oh my God, Chris but Higgins. But like, like, 
I, I can't help but wonder, like, how much of that was intrinsic to what you were given in the material, and how much of that just came through with your own selves? Like, you know, was that, was that just as handed to you and as you were told to do, or like, were you like, no, she's, she's gonna do some cardio too. <laughs> well, do you wanna go? You, you wanna go, go first. Um, I, I didn't have quite the, uh, the testing, the screen, all the, the audition process that Adrian had. I think they, by that point, it was like, come on, let's just get her done. Like, they had pull, the formula at that point. Yeah, they had a formula. We need this person, this male, this female, this age, this, you know, bra size. And, um, and so whatever, you know, if you fit into those categories. So I think I really just sort of fit into a category, maybe sort of, you know, Alice 2.0 or something, that um, that just kind of worked into the whole Ginny thing. And I mean, I, thank God I ended up that role. I, I definitely wouldn't have been some of the other roles. <laughs> no way. But, um, no way. Yeah, I couldn't have pulled them off. So I could only pull off Ginny, and thank God they just kind of said, keep running and screaming and fighting. And I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> I grew up doing that. And I don't think Alice, I, I mean, Alice was not a warrior at, at any stage of the game. She was forced into this. But unlike the other victims who kind of went, ah, give it to me, uh, Alice... <laughs> Alice really wanted to live and get back to California because she had a whole backstory, you know, and uh, she needed to fix things there and get rid of Steve Christie when she could because that Bill was looking damn good. Uh, we liked Bill. Bill was a good guy. Um, you could tell he, he was going to run a company someday, couldn't you? Yeah. The way he lit those lanterns. It was good. But, um, check that gasoline, the dipstick. Right. You could rely that on Bill. That was amazing. Alice wanted no part of that Steve Christie at all. You could tell he was a slush. He was yeah. a total slush. He was drunk the night before. Made a fool of himself. Didn't remember a thing about it. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I totally think um, they had a formula and it worked. And they said, let's go with part two, like even the next day, I think it happened. As soon as they saw the lines around the... At, which didn't stop, like, they, it's very different now, but if you all, re, some of you weren't born, but a lot of you weren't born, but back in the day, they would run a movie if it was doing well all summer long, or it, for, for months, if it was still making money, now they pull it after a week or two and s stream somewhere, but Friday the 13th lasted the entire summer, so while you all were filming part two, part one was in the theaters all that summer, I think, um, so that's how quickly that that all happened, and um, so it, I think they they were onto something, and then they decided Jason was going to be uh, real. That was 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 going to be more than Alice's dream. That's when they decided that. So um, I do. Uh, all right, spoilers for part two. Okay, here's my thing. I got really angry at Alice's fate in part two because. You're amazing, first of all. Second of all, like a final girl, when she survives, that should be it. She should be on easy street for the rest of her life. Yeah. Right? End of the story. Coasting. She that's should be coasting. It. Yes. That's it. And so, Alice, that's the, that's, this is my theory. 
This is my theory. Now, I don't go in for this like, oh my God, Bobby Ewing, is, Bobby Ewing of Television's Dallas is in the shower the whole time. He didn't actually die. Like, no, no, whatever. The Friends universe was all Phoebe's heroine dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I, I've always thought that it was really scary that Jason tracked her down and killed her at the beginning. But no, I had an epiphany and I said, no, no. Adrian King, I refuse to accept it. You're telling me that Jason Voorhees lived in the woods all this time, Alice comes along and cuts off his mom's head, then two, two months later, somehow he finds out where she lives, right? Like before MapQuest. Before MapQuest. <laughs> He what, gets in a car, so he puts mom's head in a fucking Fred Meyer bag, right? <laughs> Hops in the car, tracks her down, breaks into her apartment and kills her, and then drags her all the way back to Crystal Lake? I don't believe it. Stacy, I'm on your team. Thank you. <laughs> Alice lives is what I'm saying. I just thought it would be so much fun if, if they had ever gotten their act together back in the day when they were talking about bringing the fi final girls together. I just thought it would just be so much fun to, to just have a storyline where the f final girls all get together and talk about, you know, their conquests. <laughs> Compare scars like in Jaws. Right, oh yeah, this one. This one's from the machete in the shoulder or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And we discuss, you know, PTSD, you know, and the whole thing. Because, you know, now Ginny's Dr. Ginny, and... Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. Still looking for Paul. Are you still, still looking for Paul? Still doesn't know where Paul ended up. I have given up on Paul. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. about... Tap into that big I, lesbian I energy. I have more hope for Muffin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so, but Alice's body is at the end of Friday the 13th Part 2, I noticed, which is a hole in my theory, but I just don't think it's her. I think it's, I think it's another corpse that they threw a robe on. Yeah. I know Alice was a fashionista and also a dog person, just saying. <laughs> she was not a cat person. Yeah, yeah. Also, so, right there, we have a little discrepancy. Yeah. And that corpse at the end when it's supposed to be Alice with the oh, ice pick? Yeah. Oh, oh, like, plus, oh my God, she was... You know she would never have been caught dead in that green outfit, okay? No, Sorry. absolutely not. Also, Mrs. Voorhees is Maybe looking she would have been caught supple. dead in it. Mrs. Yeah. Voorhees is nice and soft and supple, so I guess Jason is like rubbing lavender essential oils on his mother's head, while Alice is just this desiccated court. No, it's not her. Yeah, Alice looks like tan mom. And then we have, <laughs> yeah. Jason's like, it's almost like those Barbie heads that you can draw on and, and do the yes, hair. Yeah. That's what he was doing with his mom. Right. And so also, like, he brings her head to Alice's, and it looks kind of like Betsy Palmer. And then he puts it on the table, and the hair continues to grow, like Play-Doh Fun Factory. Oh, they just pull it out right here, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then... Just keep just pulling keeps it. Just keeps coming. Yeah. yeah, just keeps coming. Like, now, so... Alice lives, Ginny lives, they're all on a final girl commune somewhere with their dogs and uh, comparing Drinking cigars. Crystal Lake wine. Drinking Crystal Lake wine. Available at concessions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And microdosing mushrooms. <laughs> I want to watch it. Can we just make it? Yeah, Can we just make, make that movie? Let's make, make it. Movie? Okay. Great, it's on. Screening this time next year. Yes. Yeah. The <laughs> yes. premiere, Game Lords of Darkness. 
final girls Friday the 13th film. I mean, come on. Let's do it. Yeah. It's got to happen. Perfect. So Siskel and Ebert had some really funny things to say about Friday the 13th when it came yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Siskel we, and Ebert had some things to say about these movies. We put on our internet fingers and we did our Googles. Yeah. And let me tell you, Stacey, what did, yes. what did, what did oh our friends God. say? Uh, Roger Ebert called Friday the 13th Part 2 an absolutely reprehensible little sleaze pit of a movie. <laughs> Coming from the guy who wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Uh, which was a follow-up to the senseless, gruesome, violent part one, obviously. We are all degenerates for watching it. You guys are degenerates for making it. Uh, he said they hated, the first one hates women, and now yes. this, the second one hates everyone. Hates everybody, because the Men, women, muffin, yeah. all of them. Yeah. So what Did was you it? know they actually gave Betsy Palmer's address out so that people could write her uh, hate letters? <gasps> oh, my God. That oh, yes, they did. It was so different back then. <laughs> Seriously. Who they is get, they? Who? Siskel and Ebert? What? Mm-hmm. You know what? If they weren't already dead. <laughs> Don't R.I.P. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. But what was it like at the time for the two of you to, like, how did it affect anything? It was horrendous for Betsy, and it was, uh, for me, most of you know that I had a stalker as soon as part one came out. So I uh, didn't get to enjoy all the fun of Friday the 13th that I do now, thank you, making up for lost time. Um, It was a bad summer for both of us, you know? And she took her until it took her at least 25 years for her to to actually embrace Mrs. Voorhees as something that Siskel and Ebert made sure she uh, would not you know they made her feel horrible and uh, they said someone of her caliber of acting you know she'd done so many good good films and she when she read the script actually said well, no one's going to see this piece of shit, so. <laughs> I mean, she admitted it. She only did it for 10 grand uh, for her Scirocco that she died on the Connecticut Turnpike. She wanted a new one, so that was the reason she did it. And that's the truth. So she said, I only have myself to blame for this misery. I caused it all myself for the Scirocco I wanted, you know. <laughs> it's true. But um, after she felt the love that we all feel... This evening, um, from the convention, she and we both sat in the old music box theater in Chicago, a beautiful old theater, and uh, a midnight screening, and she says, I'm staying up to watch this. I don't think I've seen it since it came out. So, so we sat in the back row, and she literally went like this. We did okay, didn't we? We did okay. Oh, so it, she really, yeah. She came to em- embrace Mrs. Voorhees as the only character she was going to be known for. And yeah. she said, you know what, if I'm loved, I think that's okay. You know, it, it meant the world to her, the fans, the Friday 13th fans. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. I have a lot of great memories with that lady, you know, not <laughs> while we were shooting. <laughs> yeah, rolling around in the Not while we were around. filming. But we bonded definitely um, when we met again uh, in 2004 
when we, all of us show up at a convention, our first convention, Amy do, without one eight by 10. We had no idea what we were supposed to do. They had to go run out to Kinko's to make us eight by 10s. Yeah, I think I asked uh, Betsy Palmer, can I borrow a magic marker? She was like, <laughs> Like, oh, I don't know what to you do. You mean a Sharpie? A Sharpie. She said a Sharpie. I go, yeah, those things. But yeah. She didn't was, have any either. Yeah. It was just bizarre. We didn't know. We, we found out we're now the Crystal Lake Boutique. <laughs> well, that's what's amazing is like for a bunch of degenerates, yeah. uh, horror fans are super duper loyal. Um, to the most minor character in the film. You know, it's like, oh, you chewed gum in the background of this scene. Like, can I have you, will you sign my poster? Yeah, like, sign my gum. Yeah, yeah sign my gum. <laughs> you know, it's like once, once, once you're embraced, like, that's it. Well, I tell this story that at the uh, at convention in 04 and trying to think of, do you remember what, which one it was? It was in, it was January. It was freezing and the line was... New Jersey. Yeah, and it yeah. was out the door and around the hotel, and it was like, what are these people are here? And we walked in, and it was like, they're here for you. And we're like, really? Okay, well, that's pretty cool. Because without social media, we had no idea that there was a fan base until Peter Brackey, who wrote the Crystal Lake Memories book, yep. unearthed me, because I was still doing voiceovers at that point, not on camera, uh, not feeling secure enough no matter how much therapy I'd had by that time, right? But I tell this story because it's so magical for me, sitting up on, on a stage like this with Betsy, you, and a couple of other people from the movie, and somebody stood up, like, second question, and said, what happened to you? Where'd you go? What'd you do? And I said, oh, okay, well, I think I need to tell you I, I had a stalker. And you could hear a pin drop just like that. It's amazing. And I could hear sobs, and I could hear, as I told a little bit of the story, and we're all crying on stage, and Bits goes, you had a what? You had a stalker. What's that? A stalker. Oh, okay. And, and, and at that point, literally, is when I, it was the best therapy, it was the therapy I needed. And at that moment, I felt that last piece of my heart that I didn't know needed mending, I felt it heal. And it was because of all you guys. And, and I thank you all because it's truly what made me whole again. I didn't realize I wasn't. So it was. Community heals. like Community that. heals. Loyal community. Yeah. And you are my community. We're each other's community. And I, I, I just, uh, I thank you all. I do. You. <laughs> Your turn. Your turn. Well, I know Stacy had a question about rat pee after that uh, beautiful sentimental story. If we could just segue to the rat urine for a moment. Well, I would just like to clarify that the moment with Ginny under the bed hiding, a rat comes along. Yikes, Ginny's gotta be quiet, Jason's looking for her. And then all of a sudden, there's a puddle of urine. This is a really big spoiler. It's a big spoiler. <laughs> it's the climax of the film. Jason slips in the urine. That would be good. But the it's... way it's edited, 
it looks like it's Ginny is so scared that she pees herself. And I would just like to clarify that Ginny Field would never. Never. First of all, ever. she's prepared. She is fucking diaped up and ready Scar to go. Scar diaped. Okay? This is Ginny Field. But it's just, I mean, right? It is the, it is, it is the rat, right? Rat pee. Okay. This is... <laughs> Okay, this is how it went. A lot of times on these movies, you don't like you get these pages of the script, but then you don't read them. Like they're don't don't worry about it. It's not important. Okay, now you just go under this bed. Okay, what am I doing under here? Jason's gonna come in. You're just gonna see his feet. He doesn't know that I'm under the bed. No, he'll never know you're under the bed. This is gonna make me look really stupid if all of a sudden the audience sees that obviously Jason's gonna know I'm under the bed. They go, no, 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 don't worry, okay, just get under the bed. Okay, I'm under the bed. All of a sudden they go, okay, bring in the, uh, what's the animal person on the set? The wrangler, the rat wrangler, or whatever. <laughs> so they bring in, yeah, the rat wrangler. Very yeah, important. Right. Very yeah. important. So all of a sudden, they go, okay, we're just gonna put this like mouse there. Now I have a rat phobia. There's no question, I do, I still do, I always have, but I've had little pet mice, so the, the mouse thing is not a really big deal, but the rat thing is just, those, just, the, just they're, they're just gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I'm under the bed, they push this rat over towards me. Now, Whoa. I'm still Ginny, I'm pretty tough, right? I'm, I haven't yeah, lost it, right? I'm still okay, but... But they're pushing the rat, and it's really freaking me out. So I don't really care about Jason's boots or anything like that. It's really the rat. And then they tell me, which to top it off, was that they're going to, like, they, they go, okay, now bring in the Coke can. The Coca-Cola can? So then somebody off screen pours Coca-Cola near the rat and near me. I'm like, okay, wait, I don't get this. I am so out of this scene. Like, what is happening? Oh, well, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, this is going to be urine. Did you ever know that Coca-Cola is urine what on about ginger on ale? You know, ginger ale? Coke? It was Coca-Cola, I'm pretty sure. So, um, evidently, I guess I just, you know, my whole bladder was falling apart because it was so brown. I don't know, but... Um, <laughs> she needed necrosis. a it was. I guess it was like pooping and peeing at the same time. I don't know. But all of a sudden, there's this Coca-Cola and this rat, and so I had no idea what the hell was going on in that scene. Yes. Until you watched the movie. It was not in the script. And then I watched the movie, and I went, do I pee? I don't remember that. Or is that, that? Rat pee? It's rat You're pee. Right. It's I mean, rat. if I was rat... peeing, I would have acted it. I would have gone... Oh, something, <laughs> nothing. Now's the time for relief. Right. Tell me when to pee. This yeah. is in the audition scene. Let me watch me pee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think all of the maybe the rat was also scared and peed. Right. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I think I yeah the rat was scared. The rat Shitless. was scared. Yeah. Also, I just have to say, pooping and peeing at the same time, this is truly a Gaylord's live show. It really is. It really is. Thank you for seeing us. Yeah. I've been so validated. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, okay, there's this weird thing. I mean, because once again, we're talking about, um, you know, these, these 
badass women in these films, in the Friday the 13th films. We got Alice, we got Jenny, we got Chris, part three, we got telekinetic, like Tina, 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 in part seven. Um, like, oh, perfect film. But, <laughs> but like, everyone centers the conversation around Jason yeah. in yes. the fandom. Yeah, that I, <clears throat> I was at a convention and you were doing a panel, Amy, and some, it was audience Q&A time and someone went up and their question was basically like, what was it like to work with Jason? And... <clears throat> Don't ever ask me yeah. that question. And you, you said, kind of before you answered, you said, boy, everybody really likes to talk about those men who never say a word. <laughs> and I wanted to stand up and applaud. Um, but and it's Instead true. you pooped and peed at instead the Instead I pooped and peed. <laughs> And I was like, it wasn't me, it was the rat. Cue the Coca-Cola. Yeah, <laughs> it was a Coke can. Um, and so I... I get it. I yeah. totally get it. Yeah. 11 yeah. seconds on film. Yeah. That's what he had. 11 seconds Are on... Are you, you talking about? Yeah. 11 seconds on film. And he signs the machete and I don't. Go figure. Yeah. Something's mean, wrong with that. What What is that phenomenon? Like, do you have any opinion on why people, like, why would audiences identify with that and be so into some dude who doesn't speak? We never see his face. And honestly, like, I don't want to be too inflammatory, but Jason Voorhees is a jerk. <laughs> yeah. He kills people. He's a dick. He's a real dick. <laughs> Um, and then you have these women that, yeah, like Alice is just like doing whatever she can to survive and will pick up the machete and chop off the head of the person trying to hurt her. Um, and yet it's like, but, but Jason, but what about Jason? Like, oh, he stood there. <laughs> I am honestly 40 years later still trying to, I'm still trying to find That's the answer to that question. And a lot of times I have to ask, you know, all of you guys and the, and the, you know, the people who find it really, really important. And I heard something a long time ago that was, that really kind of stuck with me is that um, this person when he was really young said that, um, that Jason, he had such sort of a terrorizing childhood that when he saw the movies that Jason made him feel stronger and helped him um, make it through the, the horrible childhood that he had. So I was like, okay, I'll go for that. If it helps, damn. I don't get it, but that's okay. Yeah, people identify with different heroes, you know, and you and I have both met a lot of people that have felt the same way about our characters, you know, enabling them. Uh, I've, both of us and I uh, have, have met a lot of people who say, you know, I've got to thank you. I'd pop in the cassette or whatever when I come home from having a horrible day at school and watching you got me through the next day or the next week. If Alice could do it, I can make it. But I have heard the same story that you're saying, and it's just a matter of who you're gonna identify with, I suppose, and who's gonna make you not afraid of the bullies in school, you know, or the bullies in life. So uh, whatever gets you through the night, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we, we all we all can bring our own stuff and connect with different things 
Um, however, the correct answer is these two. Yeah, so, come on. That's sad. But also, like, I'm just wondering, before we open it up to the audience, because we're going to, um, I'm wondering, like, career vocations, right? Career vocations. There's some, like, predictive moments happening in these films, because Alice is an artist, right? Jenny's studying psychology. And here we are. And lo and behold, what happened? And, you know, I didn't really put that together till <clears throat> at a convention when a friend came up and said, oh, my God, that's what Ginny did. I was like, oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Your method. Yeah? Well, it comes down from casting, too, I suppose. You know, we had whatever those qualities were that the casting people, the directors, both saw that we could handle that. <laughs> because it's who we are, maybe. You know? Nothing like... A, an actor playing themselves. <laughs> yeah, and so, that, so, that, so what you're saying is this isn't a long con, like the producers aren't high paying you to be a painter and for you to work in like psychotherapy just to maintain the illusion for all of us. <laughs> yes, they did. Okay, good, good. Truth is out. Yeah. I like that it went, <clears throat> the mystery went, you know, like, then I all of a sudden realized it because if it was the other way around and I was really trying to just like be Ginny my whole life, like Ginny, I'm gonna just make her come alive and get older. And, I mean, I'd be like, ooh, that would be a little scary. Yeah. I'd be into it. <laughs> Stacy, we know you would. Yeah. <laughs> How about we open it up to the audience? You guys have questions? You gotta oh, have like good questions. Good questions. Good questions. Yeah. We ask the terrible questions. Good questions. I'm going to run around with this mic so we can get you on audio. So we'll use the buddy system to pass this down. Hello, my friend right over here. Hi. Um, I was curious, when you watch these movies that you're in, are you able to watch them as movies? Or are you, are you seeing your scenes and just thinking about what it was like filming them? Like, can you watch these movies as movies, or do you just see it as like a piece of work that you did once? That's a pretty good question. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that as a good question. Um, it's kind of both. It's kind of both. Uh, can't help but see certain, especially if you don't watch the movie a lot, which I don't. Uh, it, it's fresh. It's kind of fresh when you see it. So, you know, I'll, I'll notice something different every time, which is kind of interesting. I noticed some shoes next to the dog in the gas station. Whose shoes were those? Did you notice that? The dogs! <laughs> I guess. Somebody left their shoes at the gas station. Um, but I, I can't help but flashing, like, noticing tonight was extra long for Bill to get that that light going in the in the kerosene lamp, and Amy made a good, uh, a very good um, observation about how everything now is like a second, a two seconds, three seconds. That was a lot of time to keep an audience involved, you know, and uh, and the whole pacing. We were kind of talking about the pacing was so much slower, but um, yeah, I totally see it for both. I, I, I'm able to enjoy it because I love watching it with an audience. To me, that's pure joy. And especially to hear new, uh, new campers in the audience because you can always tell which ones they are, you know? <laughs> and uh, they always scream the loudest at the last scene. So that's always fun. But um, what about you? I think it's a little of both. 
Yeah, a little both. I, I find myself kind of <clears throat> um, going like, oh my God, is everyone having an okay time? Is everyone enjoying it enough? Does it feel too slow? Is it too fast? Is it like... So I, I end up kind of worrying about that or thinking about that. And then also a lot of times when I'm in a scene, when I first time I saw the film, I thought I was just working so hard in the film. And then when I saw it, I thought, oh my God, look, I don't even look scared. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of disappointing. Why did I pee my pants? I wasn't even really scared. <laughs> Next question. Any questions? Friends over here. Hi, I have two questions. Well, question and a statement. The first one, I was just curious about your working relationship with Sean Cunningham and just his vision, both of you, and just, you know, what you, just working with him and what that kind of experience with the vision of the film was. And then the second part is, I am married, however, Amy, I just want you to know we've been dating for about 20 years. <laughs> I told you, Amy. So good to reconnect with you. Thanks for drinks. <laughs> All right, so uh, Sean, do you know Sean? I do not. Oh, okay. Sean was desperate for this movie, Sean Cunningham, director. He had done a couple of other movies that didn't quite make any money, and so he was desperate for this one to work. And he did everything. He, it was just everybody on that set, low budget, independent. Everybody had was like... You could tell, and this was why I, I say Friday the 13th was a perfect storm. Everyone involved really wanted this to be magical. And there was just an incredible energy like I haven't had since on a film. Um, and it could be, you know, the environment. It was just such a beautiful place. And then when we started getting down to the nitty gritty and some of the... Sean would let me watch the director, would let me watch my dailies, which was unheard of. Now that I, you know, after that was my first, my first, almost last film on camera. Um, but it was very unusual, because I had been in the business since I was a kid, and I know this thing, this just doesn't happen, but he was very giving. He was very giving as a director, and he listened, which was so unusual, especially, again, um, you know, I've been in films uh, recently where I've had an opinion to express and it's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> you know, and it's back then. He would actually listen to some of my opinions and it, it really uh, made a, a wonderful working relationship. And um, I just, uh, even though we had, it's, it's, a, it's a really, why did you ask that question out of curiosity since you don't know Sean? <laughs> I uh, just I used to write a lot about No, he was really very giving to his actors and uh, I didn't realize until much later how unusual that is. So um yeah, he, it, it was a, a great as one the part one was fabulous, every aspect of it. Uh, part two, not so much. It's just amazing to me that this literally started this entire franchise with just a title. 
He had Sean Cunningham, you know, just came up with the title Friday the 13th. He took the last monies he had and bought a double ad in Variety. Yeah. And said, coming next summer, Friday the 13th. And he said, if nobody called me, I knew I had a film. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and like if you're interested or whatever, however. So he had people calling him that were interested with a title like that. And he had nobody attached, but back in the day, you could make up whoever you wanted that was attached. I mean, I see Sally Fields actually auditioned for Alice. Oh my God, do you see that? That's actually, people ask me, did she audition? Oh yeah, The Flying Knit, none. She came in for an indie low budget horror film. <laughs> But they could say whatever they wanted, yeah. you know? Nobody, they didn't have Google to check things out. <laughs> we had very little back then. And so, yeah, he yeah. did that. He took every last cent he had. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you And then know, he got investors. Yeah, and in decades since then, hundreds of people have been murdered. Jason's been to outer space, I'm back again. Uh, telekinetic battles. Um, I mean, it's just, and here we are sitting here. That, like, my parents took me to the drive in to see these movies yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? My question is why can't Sean and uh, I just blinked on, thank you, Victor, be big boys yeah. And, uh, yeah. and get it together get for it the together. fans. You know, I was really hoping that 2020 would have been the 40th and part 13. Wouldn't that have been nice? But, uh, but maybe they'll somehow they'll figure out they've got enough money. And they just owe it to the fans that gave it to them, you know? I'm going to pass off some waters here. Oh, God love you. And wow, Okay. Thank I'm not you. thirsty, that's fine. <laughs> Stacy, there is a nice puddle of what looks like rat pee and poop. Right <laughs> yes, perfect. If you get thirsty, that's just cool. lap, lap, lap it up, baby. Yeah. Oh, I'm good, I'm good. Okay. Questions, questions, questions. How about over here? Okay, I see. I'm coming for you. I have to dodge <laughs> the obstacle. Hello. So you guys had a pretty good, it looked like they were trying to create a really, in the first movie, they were trying to create a really cool, um, like the counselors together as kind of a community. Do you have any good anecdotes about, like did you guys get to kind of pick what kind of a, you were the goofy character or the, you know, um, did no. they have them set and any good anecdotes from like- Like I said, it was were? auditions for every, everybody came back many, many times. There was no choosing what character you want, you know, they wanted to pick out who was gonna play the specific roles. And then what else was the question besides that? Oh, I can just tell you. Hot gossip. Yeah, we want gossip. Okay, so how about um, before the, the scene where everyone's running around, where the film almost did us in, um, you know. Where the Betamax. Yeah. Um, uh, Rocky Road in that scene. Uh, beforehand, uh, Kevin Bacon and Harry Crosby and Ned, who I'm just, I'll think of his name in a second. He doesn't do the convention, so we don't see him. But he's a, he's a, um, a professor I found out at Princeton. <laughs> Acting, how do you like that? Acting professor. Uh, that's pretty cool, right? Right, good old Nitty. Um, they, I was up in the lifeguard chair doing sketches of them doing little push-ups so that their pics would look bigger in the scene. <laughs> They were so cute, trying to buff up for the beach scene. 
<laughs> the joy you derive from this. Yeah. <laughs> we all need to aspire to this, everyone. They were just so adorable. That was before all hell broke loose, Friday the 13th, yes. We were all very happy at that scene. Everybody was having the time of their life. It was fun. Before Mrs. Voorhees got there. Oh, yes. Hello. Another question over here. So my brother and I grew up watching these movies on VHS, and through the years, we've rewatched all of them. And with the benefit of hindsight, I realized that I like a lot of the movies, but the only two that I really love, and I'm not saying this because you're both here, are the ones that you're in. And it's, I think, it's because it's pre-Hockey Mask, and the focus was on the counselors, and it was, there were characters that we actually cared about. And I'm hoping that somewhere in heaven, if that's where they are, Siskel and Ebert have changed their mind. I know that my perspective on these movies has changed as I've grown up, and it's not just a bunch of kids, and I'm, I'm not just waiting for them to get offed. Um, I see you two as total badasses. You wield the machete, you grab the pitchfork, and all hell breaks loose, and you're in control. I'm wondering, over the years, how has your perspective of these movies changed compared to how you may have thought about them you know, a few decades ago when they first came out? Because I think the horror audience is a lot smarter than people ever had uh, been given credit for before. And I'm sure that, you know, your opinion of your own films has changed over the years. I'm just wondering, if, they, if it has, how has it changed? Great question. Well, you know, when, when I did this film, it, uh, doing horror films was not that well respected. And the only person that I really knew that was doing sort of, you know, B-horror films was Adrian Barbeau. Queen. Yeah, another queen. goddamn queen. Yes, and as amazing as she was, it wasn't something that you were really aspiring to in 1980 or 81 as an actor. You know, it was kind of more shooting towards for uh, Spielberg, John Hughes, that kind of a thing. So I was kind of like, oh, I don't really, I don't really want to do this film. But just as Adrian said before, is that you know Betsy Palmer did so much work. And the thing that, I mean, everybody lit up tonight when she came on screen. So that counts a lot, the loyalty of the fans and what keeps bringing people back to something sort of as campy as this, I mean, as the film breaks and, and all that kind of stuff tonight. I mean, that's like, that's passion. So I, I, I can't argue with that. But so that's the difference between then and today. Um, I have a lot more respect for this, and I sure wish I had said yes to part three. <laughs> was, was that on the table? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not too late. The, like, the, like sliding doors moment yeah, in yeah, my yeah. mind that just happened. Questions? Yes, over here. Hi, my question is just about final girls um, and kind of your relationships with other ones. When did you two first meet? Did you meet on the set of Friday the 13th Part 2 or was it not until years later that you actually talked and kind of developed a relationship? And then as for other um, final girls, do you have any relationships with uh, ones from other films in the franchise or ones outside of the franchise? Like did you ever meet or 
Um, did you look to like Jamie Lee Curtis while you were filming it and think think about that or um, yeah, what's your relationship with other final girls? Uh, well, Amy and I hang out all the time. <laughs> Amy and I met, I believe, for the first time, even though we were both in New York at the same time when, when this was all happening for auditions, I don't think we met until 2004. Yeah, at the convention. At the convention. Um, I only spent one ugly night, uh, the last night of shooting on part two, and Amy had already wrapped, everybody had wrapped on the movie, so I never met anyone um, on part two. And uh, as far as the other final girls, we see them at conventions. I wish there was more uh, final girl reunions like there were, for some reason, those aren't, uh, the conventions don't seek no. that as they'll have all the Jasons together or whatever. It's the patriarchy, ah. Adrian King. Ah. It's 10,000 years of structural misogyny. Mm -hmm. ah. You know, though, we did do a, um, in Chicago, I don't know how many years oh, ago. Oh, that was flashback. Did, that was fabulous We in got Chicago. five, the first five final girls, yeah. and we had this killer poster by Fright Rags, and uh, it, it benefited... Four of us? Yeah. Okay, four First of us. four. But, um, but it benefited um, domestic violence survivors. And so it was, it, was it just great. felt great to like do something to empower. And it wasn't just all about the Jasons. I know. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and that's the only time we get together is when there's something like that. I want to see Final Girl Con. Yeah, can that we do that? Can we do that? I think we should just launch it. Yeah. Make it happen. Yeah. Y'all come? Yeah. Cool. Questions. Questions, questions. Oh, oh, hello. First of all, thank you for being here, of course. Uh, Our pleasure. Really exciting. My pleasure. Um, actresses is my life. Um, I love that actresses are here at the Hollywood. Um, I know a lot of actors and actresses, they don't necessarily want to go into horror movies. I'm just curious, what made you want to be an actress for a short time, or what who were your inspirations, or what led you to pursue that? I was th thrown into commercials at the tender age of six months old. I didn't have a lot to say about it. <laughs> but um, I grew to love the business, and it became a part of who I am. And uh, that's kind of all I can tell you about it. You know, it's just part of me. And um, it's a vortex. Yeah, there you go. It's a vortex. Um, did that answer it? Because it, it, it truly, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just, I've always known it, you know, and I've always been in the business in one way or another my entire life. I've had my SAG card since I could crawl, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but it's the truth. And I've just loved being on a set. So even when I was not doing on camera, um, I, I actually came, after I thought all was good, I actually auditioned, came back from, I went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, did some Shakespeare for a while over there, came back, thought all was good, 1984, auditioned for all my children and got the role, I screen tested, I was fine, and then for the first time in my life, I'm in the wings, ready to go on, and I have an anxiety attack. So, 
that's when I knew I couldn't do on camera anymore, and my agent was very cool about it, and she said, you know what? You've done voiceovers before, and you do your own voices. Um, let's get you into voiceovers as that's your thing. And I became like one of the top people in the 80s in New York as a voiceover woman, and so I stayed in at that and did lots of looping, which is the coolest thing in the world, because you get to play multiple characters, multiple voices, and you don't put on any makeup or doesn't matter what you wear, so it, uh, what you look like, you just show up and speak, and I love that. <laughs> and uh, so I was always involved uh, in one aspect of the business or another. I just loved the energy on a set, you know. I'd like to point out that Roger, who asked that, is also wearing an Isabel Huppert shirt, so we're all clearly actress sexuals here. <laughs> uh, question. Amy, you were a, uh, you played a role in one of my favorite 80s horror movies, April Fool's Day. Woo! Um, I, was, I was hoping maybe you could share a quick memory from, from that film, or any re remembrance of it. Um, that, that film was, I had a great time on that film because there was a big cast and I wasn't in every scene and everything, and they, we shot it on Vancouver Island, so, um, Everybody here knows that. That's right. That's where I am. But um, and it was just the greatest location ever. So that house, that mansion, is really where we shot for a month and a half with like the greatest caterer. And um, and I remember one day that the one of the producers said to me, "You know, you're gaining weight." And I'm going like, "Well, you've got this great caterer." <laughs> you know, I mean, whose problem is that? So. Um, yeah, so I remember that about that movie. <laughs> um, it was just a really, really fun movie. And the cool thing is, is that I had I was sh I shot something else up in Vancouver before that. I think it was um, oh God, I'll think of it in a minute. Maybe Millennium or something. But I was there, and so they said, "Oh, well, why don't you just stay right where you are, and then we'll just start the movie." And I said, "Great." So everyone else lived in this shitbox motel. And I got to stay in this really great condo, like in town, downtown Vancouver. So I felt so fancy. And um, I was really grateful for that. <laughs> so I remember that about it too. But it was a really fun film. I mean, really fun people. And Tom Wilson is just so hilarious. And so that was one of those sets where everybody is trying to make a joke. The whole set all the time was like, ba-dum-bum, bum, ba -dum -bum. So it was fun. If you haven't seen April Fool's, or April Fool's Day, I mean, this movie is a gym. Oh uh, and there's a new Blu-ray coming out this coming, coming out spring, soon. I think, which yeah. is yeah. really exciting, so you'll have to check it out. Um, listen, Gaylords run a tight ship. We have time for one more question, so you really are gonna have to demonstrate how much you wanna ask this good final question. I'm looking, I'm looking. All right. First of all, thank you guys for being here. This is uh, really great to have you both uh, for both one and two. It's pretty amazing for all of us fans, so thank you very much for being here. Um, Always I want I to I wanna solve an issue for fans at the end of part two, and maybe this is just your opinion, Amy, but the scene where Muffin comes back, is it real or is it a dream? <laughs> it's a debate. They don't know whether it's real. Well, wasn't there, well, I think, you know what? The answer is gonna be when we watch this film coming up 
everyone is, <laughs> is going to have an opinion at the end, <laughs> whether it's real or not. Because remember, there's that ball of like, you know, dead meat. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, so there's that. So whether it's a dream or not, I don't know. Adrian's really the dream part part of this whole gig. Because it's gone back and forth. And my other, uh, just to kind of finish up, can you talk a little bit about what the storyline would have been if you had come back for a part three? Oh, this is good. Yeah. This is fun. And I have this script. I can prove it. Um, <laughs> so about, God, I want to say five years, but I've been saying five years now for 20. So it must be <laughs> at least probably 15 years ago, my mother calls me and she says, listen, I found a bunch of your crap in the attic. You know, what do you want me to do with it? And so I said, well, just send me some stuff. So one of it was um, a manila envelope, so it's Amy Steele on it, um, Friday the 13th, part three or something like that. So I open it up and I'm like, oh my God, look at this. This is a real like script. So there's 50 pages. And how it begins is um, Ginny is now in college and it's the fall. So all that sh horrible stuff happened in the summer and everyone's making fun of Jenny because she's acting all weird PTSD, like, you know, flashbacky. But also for some reason she learned um, incredible jujitsu skills. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Big lesbian you, energy. Stacy, <laughs> calm down, calm down. Okay, all right. And you too. Okay. okay. She was, uh, so anyway, everyone was making fun of her. One of the scenes is she goes out to like the college bar and um, everyone's like, ooh, Jenny Jason. And so all that, it was like Linda Hamilton and Terminator. This crazy ass scene happens and I like take all these guys out, go back to my dorm and, And uh, so my roommate says, hey, Ginny, you know, can I borrow your car? I want to go out tonight. And I'm like, fine, I'm just going to do my laundry anyway. <laughs> and um, so she takes my car, which is a VW Bug. Thank you. A red convertible VW Bug. So she leaves for the night. So I'm, you know, Ginny, weirdo Ginny, going down to the laundry room to do my laundry. And I open up the dryer, and there's Paul's head right there in the dryer. So I go, holy shit, oh my God, run back upstairs, and all of a sudden the police are there, and they say, and, or I call Ted, remember Ted from, from my film? Okay, so I call Ted, and he's still around for some reason, Ted and Ned, <laughs> and I'm like, Ted, oh my God, I think, I just saw Paul's head, I, Jason's around, he's like, oh my God, I'm on my way over there. Just then the police show up, and they go, oh, you're alive. I go, well, yeah, I'm alive. Somebody was just killed in your car. So my roommate, Jason, obviously went after my roommate thinking it was me. So Ted and I hightail it out and start running around trying to find Jason ourselves. And then the last scene I remember were on like some kind of railroad tracks. But they gave me about 50 pages. And it was such a great script. And I read it and I went, what the fuck was I thinking? Why would I say no to this? And then... Um, uh, Adrian said we were at a convention one time and we were all talking about why we didn't go to the next thing, especially Betsy Palmer and then me. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there going, wait, I remember exactly what happened. My agent was trying to say, okay, look, we're, you know, you got to pay her more than 50 cents for the next film. And they basically said, no. 
and you know, we'll just go get some other new girl off the street. And then Adrian that's said the same thing. That's it. Well, yeah, for me, I, I was like not dealing with anything. My parents and my new manager were dealing with it. And they said they had asked for something and they went, um, and it didn't matter to me because I wasn't like plugged in anyway at that particular time. But Betsy, she actually went to see Sean when, um, to ask him when they used Betsy, uh, uh, you know which part it is, I can't remember where they brought the, the other woman in. She said, I'd love to do it, I'd love to do it, please, uh, I just need a little something. And Sean went, no, we're not paying anyone, we just can't do it. It's yeah. like, seriously? So I don't get it, and um, it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Sense, C-E-N-T-S. <laughs> The patriarchy. And you know what? It's canon. Alice is alive. Ginny yeah. is a jujitsu master. Yay! They yes. are coming back. We are making the film. And then we'll premiere it at Final Girl Con. Yes. yes. It sounds happening. great. It sounds good. Everybody. Adrian King and Amy Steele. Thank you. Thank you all so much. This yeah. has been fabulous. You guys, please stay for part two. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God, I love them so much. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe we got to work in Helena Marcos. <laughs> Yeah, we got Helena Marcos. <laughs> we got dipes. We got internet fingers. We got dipes. Which, I don't know if the audience audio comes through, but the dipes, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if the people didn't understand Gaylords when the podcast started, yeah. they absolutely were on board by the right. time dipes came <laughs> yeah. up. <clears throat> yes. Like rat pee, dipes, pee poo poo. Pee pee poo poo. <laughs> fingering, front basements, <laughs> like everything came through. I just can't believe they were here for it. They just rolled with it. And here's the thing is that before all of this started, I went to Amy and I kind of tried to explain how we wanted to do it, which was not your usual convention panel Q&A. <clears throat> yeah, you where know. it's like, hey, okay, oh, oh, what was it like making the movie? Like, what's tell me about Jason. What's your favorite kind of role to play? What? Did you know it would be like cool? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so we didn't want to do any of that. We wanted to have it be a conversation. Like, obviously, we're going to ask questions, yeah. but more of a conversation between all of us and just kind of go with the flow, see what's up. And so I went to Amy Steele and I told her that, and she had got a look of panic in her eyes <laughs> and said, all right, I don't know how you're going to do that, but okay. And, then, and lo and behold, she apologized later. Do you remember? Let alone, let's first date. Amy Steele never needs to apologize for shit. She never needs shit. to. She can step on my face she, with a boot full of poop. Like, I think we would both, like, want that. And I'd like, be like, we well, I gotta, I gotta bronze my face now. Yeah, like, can I Venmo you for this? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah thank you. And, but do you remember that moment, like, literally, like, right after going backstage and, like, the hugs and then Amy, like, flat on said to you, like, you did it. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm sorry, like, you, you, you know, because she said, and then I, I said, like, yeah, I thought I, I freaked you out, and she's like, well, I've just heard that so many times before, and sorry, the fucking Gaylords are the first ones to actually make it like that. Because what do we say on this show? 
queer people do it better. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry about it. It's just true. It's just true. You know, tooting yeah. my own. Um, oh. Toodle. My Your own toodle. baby New Year. <laughs> my own baby New Year. <laughs> That's disgusting. I love baby New Year. <laughs> it's such a good look. Um, there were, so my, there were some top moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like so. So to chronologically set this up to you for to recount it. So we we finished the Q and A. We started part two, as you heard. Um, part two played. It was fucking spectacular. But like before, we sat down to watch like the last half of part two because we were just so buzzing. Just so buzzing, I could not sit in a theater. Seat. By that point, it was like all the all the fans coming up and talking to us. All the all the time we spent with Amy and Adrian and like the photo shoots we had backstage and <laughs> the picture of them with their beers in front oh of the my sign. God. Oh, it's so wholesome. But like we were just fucking buzzing that like we were like, okay, we can't sit down. So we were hanging out backstage with them and one of my top moments, Stacy, Stacy Jane Ponder <laughs> was Adrian after the right after the QA, Adrian like kind of turns around. And says to you, can you tell them? That was like the first thing out of her mouth. Can after you that state Q&A. it for the court? After that Q and A, we get into the dressing room, and Adrian like makes a beeline and says, "So Alice doesn't appeal to the lesbian demographic." <laughs> And I had to try to explain to her the difference between exuding lesbian energy and appealing to the lesbian demographic. Such as Ginny's shirt and tie and pitchfork combo. Ginny's, oh, I'm wearing a thermal shirt and my denim shirt is rolled up over it. (laughs) And I will say that after the second movie, when that was all finished and we're good to go... Um, excuse me, arms wide, Amy Steele says to me, you're great, and comes in for a hug, and as we're hugging, she says, you're right, she does seem like a lesbian. (laughs) And uh, what am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) Fuck Baby New Year, Baby Stacy was rolling around in her grave. Dying. Still with a dipe and a sash. Still dipe and sash. <laughs> because that's, in your will, yeah. that's how you're going to be um, entombed. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> so, I mean, what am I supposed to do with that? You're right. She does seem like a lesbian. <laughs> also, like, I just cannot reinforce enough what fucking sports they were. Oh, my God. Where it's like, I can, like I, I just imagine how many conventions or things they're at where, like, bros, like, say, like, super uncomfortable things. Like, I have such a crush on you. You know? And, like, we kind of veered into that territory. A little bit, yeah. But, like, just with our sheer fangirling. Yes. But, like, but, like, I, I just, they were so down to talk about queerness, to to make fun of this, like, big lesbian energy we were talking yes. about, and to just, like, own it. Like, yeah. they were Lisa Renna owning it. Yes. And it was, oh, just, I just, once again, cannot get over these two fucking queens. Yeah. It made it fun for them, and obviously it was beyond perfect for us. Oh. But I think it was a different experience for them, and they were completely at ease with us, and just... What was leaned into our fucking Gaylord's bullshit? Yeah. (laughs) What was the Brenda line that they? 
Oh yeah, and also explaining to to Adrian that another that, top moment that clearly Brenda from part one is clearly the gay one. She's got her supersized nightgown that's like collar to heel, like just full length <laughs> flannel nightgown, and she brought a book to like sex camp. <laughs> And during the, <laughs> during the strip poker scene, she clearly has a crush on Alice. Yeah. Like, she's clearly the gay one. And Adrian was like, after the movie, she was like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> she does. I think she was looking at her. So it's canon. So it's canon. All lesbian theories about Friday the 13th confirmed. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And I will say the following day, we did a signing with the Well, they signed. We were there. Yeah. Um, did a signing at the vi- local video store, Movie Madness. Um, which was awesome. Which was incredible. And they were incredible or whatever. And at one point later on uh, in, the th- in the signing, somebody brought up a hockey mask for them to sign, which is completely appropriate for them. See this how there were no hockey masks in either of their movies, but whatever. <laughs> Get whatever it's signed that you want signed. That's your business. That's fine. Um, so she signs a hockey mask. Adrian. Adrian does. Oh my god. This is like This is like top moment. Yeah. <laughs> so she signs her name and as she's handing it back to the guy, she says, Oh, oh, I really had to work around the hole. Referring, of course, to the eye hole. The eye hole on the mask, and she was signing her name. She said, oh, I really had to work around the hole. And I said, well, Adrian, there's your big lesbian energy. (laughs) At which point... She lost her mind. We all exploded. (laughs) Adrian jumped up, like, embraces Stacy, like, gives her a huge hug. Finally, she's laughing so hard. She finally gets her lesbian representation. Yeah. Sits down and then proceeds to fist bump Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> she was so happy to be accepted. She was so happy. Yeah, because I just had like a split second where I was like, "Am I gonna? Am I gonna pounce on that line?" She just said, and there we are. It was just, I mean, like you said, I mean, fugue state when we record the show. Absolutely. And total fugue state where it was like all, all, somehow like all our anxieties and neuroses, of which both of us have a shit ton. Oh, yeah. All of those just like, because these fucking angel queens are so chill and so cool and such good energy to be around, like all of that just disintegrated. And it was like, it was like hanging out with super old friends. Yeah. It was so rad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it was just so gay, like the, the toast. So, we show up to the movie Madness signing. Stacy and I have slept, like, three hours this entire trip. And yeah. Stacy stayed up. Like, it should be also said that Stacy stayed up because you had such an early flight over to my side of the manor. Yeah. Um, we have our own private airport in the manor. <laughs> it's a very large manor. It's very large. We don't have a TSA, though, because you don't need to take off those shoes. That's not a thing. No, it's like, not that's a made, thing. That's fucking made up. I do go for the pat-down, though. I, I, oh, I request it. I'll take what I get. I request it. I want the private room. I will take what I can get. I'm like, ooh, give you a show. <laughs> well, I can work my burlesque number. <laughs> but, like, we show up, we show up to Movie Madness... And as we're, as we're like getting out of the car, then we run over and we see Adrian and Amy getting out of their car. And the very first thing that happens is Amy comes up to us and just goes, specifically like to Stacy, comes up and goes, do you want some toast? And just like hands over this like Tupperware that has some toast in it, like a little to-go box. We immediately... Our faces. Like contorted into some horrible visage. Yeah. 
like fall completely silent. I like turn beet red and just start laughing. Yeah. And they're and just I'm, staring I'm at us. And I'm thinking to myself, did they binge all of our episodes last night? How do they know? How that, do they know about toast? How do they know we only talk about toast on this show? <laughs> yeah. Like this is unofficially a toast cast. Yeah. <laughs> How do they fucking know? And so we just like tell them, okay, it's a recurring joke on the show that Stacy only eats toast. They just start laughing. It immediately turns into another photo shoot. Yeah. Of oh my God. We will post that, but it immediately turns into another photo shoot of Stacy and Adrian eating toast. Amy. And, oh, yeah, Stacy and Amy. And then Adrian like doing this amazing like coy like <laughs> voyeur moment. God, it was just. Oh. It, was a, it, it was a dream. Dream? It was a dream. I'm seriously like. I'm, like, convinced it didn't happen. Like, I still can't believe it. It was just so great. And I cannot tell you enough how cool they were, our our sweet, sweet listeners. nice. So nice. Like, we had our expectations of, like, what the, you know, like, what the daydream is of what this would be like. Yeah. And then we have the reality. And it was so nuts that this surpassed, like, my wildest dreams of how this could go. Yeah. I couldn't even conceive of it going the way that it went like that that kind of good like we were like oh my god this is gonna be a disaster yeah. we're gonna be canceled <laughs> i mean now they're not gonna get it like what like now we're canceled because it was so good that we we died yeah. and we can't make content anymore yeah i mean it's all downhill from there this is the last episode this has got to be it or it's... just future episodes will just be remembering this one yeah yeah, this is like this is now we need a we need an intro theme song by Betty, to to signal it's the end of an era. Now it's just downhill from here. It really is. They oh were so kind, and they were such troopers. They stuck around and signed every last thing that every person had that waited in line. Talking to every single person and like forming such a connection, and it was so real. Yes. No bullshit. No bullshit. God, it was just so amazing. They are the best. They're the best. They like you know we we laugh a lot on this show. We're gigglers. Yes. And they love laughing too. And it was just there were so many moments where it was just like we couldn't even stop. It was so nice. Yeah. It was so nice. It was, it was perfect. Oh. So there you have it. That's it. Our first live show. Our first ever live show. What the hell? I mean. I guess from now on it's just like you know all the future live shows we just have them. Yeah, I think future live shows, no matter what movie we're screening, we ask them to yeah. come back. Like dot com for murder with Adrian <laughs> King and Amy Steele. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Oh my god. That's actually <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, What what the fuck is this? Why are we watching? Why are this? we here? <laughs> Just put these internet fingers on. <laughs> Take off your clothes. Put these internet fingers on. Start the show by talking about internet fingers. About dot com for murder. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. Which also shout out to Connor, um, who came to the show and had had Stacy sign dot com for murder, <laughs> a sign at DVD of dot com for murder. <laughs> like <laughs> these queens are signing all of their, you know, their beautiful photos. Also, like keep an eye out for Amy Steele merch. If you can get to any cons, like she has Monster Mania coming up this year. Um, but like the Jenny field, uh, like the field bags and backpacks and the beanies. beanies. Yeah. Are you wearing your beanie right now? Yes. Yes. Like they are so. She gave me, I was wearing a oh. beanie 
And then she said, Stacy needs a new beanie. And she handed me a Ginny Field beanie. It's so good. Yeah. It is so good. So keep your eyes peeled for her merch. Like, it's it's awesome. But, like, my brain erased itself. I was so excited. Why was I talking about her merch? Because it's awesome and people should get it. People should get it. God damn. God <laughs> damn. I just, I love them so much. Yeah. I love them. Uh, well, next week we can talk about... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. Or <laughs> whatever. It's like, where do we go from here? <laughs> you know that scene in The Sentinel um, where where she runs in and sees her dad and the cake ladies? Yeah. And then she just runs in the bathroom and slash, slash, Immediately slashes Immediately tries to kill herself. That's yeah. me right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you said Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. <laughs> we just, and now there's, like, nude women the just eating cake and staring at my lifeless husk of a corpse. <laughs> Which actually sounds like kind that's of good. That's like actually kind of the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so we're back. Gaylords are back. We're back. Um, if you made it to the live show, thank you. Oh my God. Thank you to all the people who came up to us. And whether oh it was the, your first time there listening to us or you listen to us all the time or whatever, like people are so kind. Yes. I mean, and thanks, like so much thanks to... Um, Everyone that made this happen, like, I mean, just Adrian and Amy. My God. Oh, Thank forever. you. Uh, uh, Stacy, who works with Adrian. Um, to, to, uh, everyone at the Hollywood, like Matt, our projectionist, who single-handedly saved that first film screening. Yeah. Uh, as the, the projector was exploding and the print was exploding, which was amazing at the same time. Um, Connor, who was looking out for everything as it was happening. Destiny, who was helping out with Jason. And Jason, who ran the merch. Yeah. The entire, at both, at both shows. Um, my God. And then everyone at Movie Madness and Zoe and Mike Clark, who gave the tour. God, just like, it was just a litany of angels. And me. And living, living in my, no, I don't mean like, thank me. I mean, mean, don't forget to thank me. And you. I said that water thing and I was only kidding. And then you brought me the water and I was like, I was only kidding. Oh yeah. When someone brought them water. Sandy. Sandy. Thanks also to Sandy. Sandy was awesome. Who was a queen to hang out with backstage. Yeah. Um, Anyway. No, uh, I would like to thank just like, you know, coming from the haunted wing of Staley Gaylord's Manor yeah. into this wing of Staley Gaylord's Manor and just how incredible everyone has been to me as like a visitor. Um, people who live here, who listen to the show, people who work here and whatever. And everybody has just been so welcoming and so friendly and so rad. And uh, it's really nice. Isn't it? It's nice. Isn't it? We rolled out the... Well, it wasn't red because Lucy like threw up on it so many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we rolled out like a, a soiled carpet for you. That, well, I wouldn't expect anything. And that. honestly, like Portland community that came out for this, and everyone else that came out for this, because there's people coming from everywhere for this, which I still can't believe. Like, yeah, thanks for thanks for showing Stacy a good time. Yeah. Um, because Lord knows I just put her to work, didn't let her sleep. And didn't feed her and don't know how to make coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, I am a monster. So I'm a little desiccated. I didn't even need any makeup to play the severed head of Mrs. Voorhees because. No, we literally. I was already like looking like a pile of beef jerky with a wig. Yeah. We just put that beef jerky face right there on a, on a table <laughs> yeah. and she was good to go. No styling needed. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. So thank wow. you. Thank you. And all of you that came and, and spread the word and Katie doing our tattoos oh and just like. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was amazing. You can catch us all this year. We're back. We're back. It's back to normal. Yeah, the website is launching. Yes. Um, we'll have updates on the social media about that. Yep. 
Um, and you can find us on all the socials at... Uh, uh, at uh, On Facebook uh, and Instagram, we're at Gaylords of Darkness. And on Twitter, we're at Gaylords of D. Yep, you can find us there. You can email us at gaylords at gaylordsofdarkness.com. You'll notice we're not doing a listener question today because we are husks. Yeah. We're tired. Yeah. We're we just could, doing this. We can go without. So, yeah, no listener questions, but send us more because we need a whole new year of listener questions. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have another listener bonanza question sesh coming up. Yeah. Um, so so do that. And otherwise... Um, otherwise, I'm dead. I'm dead. I've got... We're at an end. I'm, yeah, oh, I'm past the end. I've got nothing left. No. I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm that puddle of pee that leaked out from the bed. <laughs> Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! god. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more games!